This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. In Australia, more than $1 million is lost every day to scams. Parents are being targeted in a new text message scam with unknown numbers impersonating children and asking for money. Australians are predicted to lose $4 billion. That's with a B to scams this year. And this problem is getting worse. Worryingly, the scams are becoming more and more sophisticated. You only have to click on a text message to fall victim. The consumer watchdog, the ACCC, says Australians are losing a record amount of money, with financial scams becoming more sophisticated and easier to perpetrate. Scammers are calling from numbers appearing to be based in Australia and pretending to be the victim's bank or large companies such as Amazon. And getting your money back after you've been scammed is harder than you might think. Today, scammers are getting smarter, so... Are we ready for it? It's Monday, the 6th of February. I guess with the context of this, uh, you can say, I'm Juge, I'm a marketing executive who lives in Melbourne. I would describe myself as a pretty tech-savvy person. I work for a large organisation that's very cybersecurity conscious and um, if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, uh, if you told me I was going to be caught up in some sort of cyber scam, I probably would have laughed at you because I really think that I'm pretty familiar with most of the scams out there. When I got the text from ANZ, I was at home. It was a Monday afternoon, so just a pretty normal work-from-home day for me. The text I got came through on the same thread that I get text messages from ANZ. From ANZ, thanks for your confirmation. We'll process your payment. From ANZ, you're registering for Shield, ANZ security application. Your verification code is 456 blah, blah, blah on the same thread that I get texts telling me security verification codes for setting up new payees, etc. And then the scam message, again, on that same thread says, A new standing order has been set up for amount of $1,789.65. If this was not in capital letters... And that if I thought that this was an error... I should call a number. Please call a landline number, reference AL429. I called the number. It sounded exactly like ANZ's call centre. It was a recorded message saying due to an increase in scams, there might be a waiting period uh, to get to my call. There was on-hold music, which sounded exactly like ANZ's. The voice recording sounded like ANZ's. So I waited for around five minutes. Um, I spoke to someone. I said I'd been told to to call. Um, They said it looked like, yes, uh, there was an issue with my account. 
um, and that I would be passed on to a specialist. My feeling at the time was one of great panic because the account in question is my mortgage offset account with ANZ. So there's not a small amount of money in that account. So straight off the bat, I was in a highly anxious, alert state around that call. The person I was speaking to was a man with a really lovely, gentle English accent. He sounded exactly like I was speaking to someone at the bank. He said, because of the severity of this, we're going to assign you a case manager. The guy I was talking to on the phone said, part of the process is we will need you to transfer some money to the case manager and that will secure this process. And it was explained to me that a number was randomly generated and that was the number, that was the amount I needed to transfer and they gave me account details. At that point, I was, I got pretty distressed. I was getting really anxious. I was almost on the verge of tears and said, this sounds, this doesn't sound right. It feels really counterintuitive to be doing this. And he reassured me in a very empathetic, very kind voice that he knew this was really stressful, but this would be resolved soon and then everything would be fine and everything would be back to normal. I didn't give any passwords, any IDs. You know, again, I know not to do that. He said, how on earth would we be able to message you on the same thread as ANZ messages. That's impossible to do. I've subsequently realised it's not impossible. It's something called ID spoofing, basically where a phone number, uh, in this instance ANZ, that they use to send me text messages is, is spoofed. There were two transfers I made close to $25,000. They said, thank you so much for your patience. Um, We appreciate this has been really stressful. We're glad we could help you resolve this. And I said, thank you for your help. I, uh, my, my husband then came home and I told him what had happened. And I said, but don't worry, it's, it's fine, it's resolved. There was something, I guess, when I told him about it that maybe didn't feel right. So I called the bank and very quickly found out that that had indeed been a scam. I felt incredibly disempowered. I'd reported it to ANZ, but really felt like I was just telling someone in a call centre and they told me, they'd let me know in six to eight weeks what would happen. So, Kate, you've been reporting on scams like Jude's. Now, it's unclear in her case whether she'll get her money back, but hearing her story really made me wonder whether I could get caught up in the same scam because it's pretty convincing. Are scams like hers common? Yeah, so we know that financial scams are becoming more sophisticated and easier to do. 
Kate Kelly is a reporter for Guardian Australia. Scams used to be really basic. The spelling would be really wrong. The links would look weird. And now it can be scams that look like they're coming from legitimate sources or sound very legitimate. And so they're a lot easier to fall for. So one woman I spoke to, she had her emails hacked and then they were redirected. So anytime she got an email about payments, it instantly deleted. And then the scammer took over. She lost almost $100,000 and she didn't know about it at all. So there's been an increase also in phony text messages, which I think everyone's kind of noticed at the moment, such as the high mum scam. So that's where fraudsters will text and they pretend to be your child or your family member and they say, hey, I've lost my phone. This is my new number. Can you help me by sending money? Mm. I think it's a real misconception as well that these scams are targeting so-called vulnerable people. I would not consider myself vulnerable. I'm a woman in her 40s. I'm a professional. I'm highly educated. These scammers are not going after old people. If they tried to do this with my mum, she wouldn't be able to do it. She wouldn't be able to open the app. She wouldn't be able to get onto online banking. And they know that. So they're going after younger people who are more tech savvy and they're the people at risk now. So it's not just vulnerable people. I would say if I can get stung by this, potentially anyone could. Are scams actually becoming more frequent though? Because it feels like it from a personal perspective. Yeah, on an anecdotal level, absolutely. Like, so I'll put something out on social media, looking to speak to someone saying, you know, this is the kind of scam that I want to chat about. You can be totally anonymous. And I'll have tens of responses within hours. Like there are so many people going through this. Mm. On official figures, Scamwatch says that last year, more than 239,000 scams were reported and they were worth all up about 570 million. And one cybersecurity expert that I spoke to said that we're actually experiencing a scam-demic. But I just need to say from the outset, like, this is actually really hard to track because we're relying on people reporting the scams and only a small percentage of scams actually are reported. Like, the ACCC thinks it's about 13%. And anecdotally, just in the last couple of weeks when I've been covering this, I asked people at the end, you know, have you reported it to Scamwatch? And the majority of them say no. We're talking about sometimes, you know, tens of thousands of dollars that no one knows that has gone missing. Who is actually committing these scams? Who are, who's behind them? So there's this perception that scammers, you know, are operating in call centres in other places in the world. But if we take the high mum scam, for instance, which we know that more than 1,100 Australians fell victim to it and the reported losses were 2.6 million. Lots of people were falling for it and it's it's been really lucrative. The person that's been arrested for that is a 21-year-old guy from Victoria. Right, so the high mum scam case is yet to go to court, so we don't know many specifics there, but is it possible for someone to run a scam operation like the high mum scam all by themselves rather than part of a syndicate or a call centre? Absolutely. It totally is. Modern technology means that you can run far-reaching scams with very little effort. So now they're using technology to flood the community with messages and they're getting people right in that sweet spot of believability. So people trust it and they go for it and then they lose money. One guy that I interviewed, Dan Halpin, 
He's the chief executive of Cybertrace, and it's a company that specializes in cyber fraud investigation. He sort of said that although the high return scams definitely operated by professionals with significant technical and business capability, something like the high mum scams, they remind us that scams can be low cost, low risk, and still really high reward now. Next, what to do before and after you've been targeted by scammers. If you are scammed, you've realised it, the money has gone from your account, how likely is it that you get your money back? This is the brutal bit, right, of scams because it is, it's highly unlikely that you're going to see that money again. And people are losing life savings. They're losing tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. So it's really opaque as to when and in what circumstances people can get their money back. There's very little recourse for victims. And the Reserve Bank of Australia has, they've even said that, saying it's extremely difficult to get money back from scammers. That kind of surprises me. I would assume that if I got scammed and I called my bank, the money would just be able to magically reappear. You know, should there be more recourse if you've lost money? So it's really interesting because in other countries, there are more mechanisms for you to be able to get your money back. So for one example, in the UK, some financial institutions have signed up to a voluntary code, which means that banks should refund the money unless a customer has acted fraudulently or with gross negligence. Banks in Australia don't have the same kind of code. They don't have the same responsibility. Their argument is that the onus is on the individual to completely protect themselves, and and that's actually quite unfair when scams are becoming more sophisticated, especially Mm. considering it's actually the bank's job to keep your money safe. But with thousands and thousands of people in the country falling victims to scams, the country's competition regulator and the Consumer Action Law Centre are pushing for Australia to adopt a similar approach to the UK. But the government has kind of resisted this and they've said that it would be a honeypot for scammers. Why would making it easier for people to get their money back incentivize scammers? Does that argument make sense to you, Kate? I've asked the banks here and they won't give me a clear answer on it. I don't think it makes sense and at the moment there's no data or analysis to actually suggest that's true. It feels to me at the moment that the onus is on customers and individuals to seek out this information themselves. But I think it's really important that the banks are giving us the right information to protect ourselves. So I'm not a banking expert. I don't know what the solutions are. All I know is if ANZ had told me what ID spoofing was, this wouldn't have happened to me. It's now two weeks after this happened to me and I think this is happening to a lot of people. I'm still getting messages every day telling me either this has happened to people in exactly the same way. I've looked at ANZ's website every day and they have messages warning people about scams. They are not calling out ID spoofing specifically.
other than making it easier to return the money, is there more that banks and financial institutions could do to make sure you don't get scammed in the first place? Yeah, and this is a big debate at the moment. So the UK also has two-tier authentication. It has a really long name. It's called confirmation of payee. But that means in the UK, if you do a bank transfer, bank to bank, it tells you if the account, the name and the account details actually match up. Mm. And if they don't, it tells you before you do the transfer that it looks suspicious. So when this was first introduced in 2019, it cut misdirected payments by 35%. Wow. So if you're about to transfer a large sum of money, is there something as a consumer that you can do to feel safer? Yeah, absolutely. So you can use something like Pay ID. That helps protect customers from scams by letting the payer see who they are paying simply and quickly before they confirm the payment. This mm. is something that the banking, like the Australian Banking Association and the federal government think all Australians should be using. But consumer advocate groups, They're not as keen on it, and that's because it puts the onus on you as an individual to use the platform rather than what the UK has where the onus is on the banks to actually check the transfer before it goes through. And what if you do get an email, a text, or a call that does seem odd? How do you spot a scam? So there are a few kind of key steps you can take to spot a scam, and that's going to help a lot. Experts have told me you should be really wary of anyone contacting you unsolicited about money with a deal or asking for your financial details. Even if they say they're from your bank, if you aren't expecting a call from them, anyone that contacts you unsolicited these days, you should question whether that they're actually genuine and take steps to confirm it straight away. That might include contacting them back through a different mechanism. So find their genuine phone number by looking it up online rather than speaking to them. Hang up straight away. And then after that, the ACC has three really kind of easy steps to kind of help people realise that they might be in the middle of getting scammed. First is stop. Take your time before giving your money or your personal information. Think, ask yourself if the message or the call could be fake and protect. Act quickly if something feels wrong. Contact your bank and report the scam to Scamwatch. After you contact the bank, you should contact ID Care. They're a charity that work in this space. They'll set you up with a free plan. They offer a free plan that kind of you can navigate what to do next. When, when I found out that I'd been scammed, I felt physically sick. Um, but even talking about it, it was just the most awful feeling. I I guess the best way I could describe it is I felt like I was having a panic attack. I couldn't stop crying. I felt so embarrassed and such a deep sense of shame at being tripped. My husband was amazing. He immediately said, don't worry, it will be fine. I called my best friend and told her and cried and begged her not to tell anyone. I was so embarrassed. The next day, uh, I couldn't work. I couldn't stop crying. I I just felt so anxious. The best way I can describe it was feeling like I was having a constant panic attack. I went to the doctor because I hadn't been able to sleep and I knew I would need something just to switch my brain off from constantly ruminating and playing over what had happened. I just felt awful. 
one thing that stuck out to me with Jude's story is how ashamed they felt. If you've got scammed and there's not much more that you can do to get your money back, what can you do about that shame? When I was talking to Consumer Law Centre Victoria Chief Executive Gerard Brody, we had a big chat about it and he sort of had this really good advice. He said, it's become really incredibly difficult to spot a scam. Anyone now, absolutely anyone can get tricked into a scam. And the first thing that people need to do is remember that they can't and shouldn't blame themselves, right? They're victim of a crime and they're absolutely in no way at any fault. I decided that I wanted to tell people what had happened because it was a way for me to own things, I guess, and to feel a little bit more control. And I really wanted to warn people about what had happened. So I wrote a Facebook post. I posted that on Wednesday evening, so two days after this had happened, and it very quickly started to go viral. It subsequently had 1,200 shares. And very quickly what I realised was I was not alone in this and that I had been a victim of very sophisticated, very slick, very professional crime and many other people have been as well. I think people need to not assume that they're immune from scams. I thought I knew everything there was to know and I didn't. I think people need to be really vigilant and I think people need to be looking at their banks, not just asking but demanding that their banks do a better job of protecting them. It is normal to feel great shame and guilt when you're a victim of a crime but there is no shame in it and to some extent I will probably always carry some of that But again, I've been a victim of crime and we need to be looking to our businesses, to our government to protect us better. In a statement to Full Story, a spokesperson for ANZ says, ANZ is working to alert our customers to scams, including the recent increase in sophisticated scams where criminals impersonate an organisation or bank, including ANZ. In December 2022, and again in January, alert messages were sent directly to all customers that log into internet banking or the ANZ app, warning against this type of scam. Previous warnings about this type of scam were posted multiple times in 2022 on the ANZ's website security alert page to reflect the evolution of the scam. Since the 15th of December 2022, the ANZ homepage has carried an alert for customers specifically regarding the increase in fake phone and text scams that attempt to gain access to customer accounts. If you receive a text which appears to be from your bank and asks you to ring them on a specified number, do not call the number. Check the bank's contact details on their website. ANZ will never ask our customers to share their card number, PIN, password, registration numbers or a one-time password for payments. We will never ask our customers to transfer money to another account. That's it for today. Thanks to Kate Kelly for her time. You can read more of her reporting on scams at theguardian.com. I do recommend checking out her very helpful piece titled How to Not Get Caught in the Million Dollars a Day of Scams in Australia, which has the tips in this episode plus a whole bunch more. Also, a big thanks to Jude for sharing her story. This episode was produced by Ellen Lee Beater, Jane Lee and Joe Koning. Sound design and mixing by Joe Koning, who also designed our full story theme music that you heard today. 
The executive producer of this episode was me, Laura Mephiotis. Okay, catch you next time.